Heidi and Stefan. Yep. And, and welcome back to the ice cream parlor. Yeah, welcome back. This is another episode of the ice cream parlor where we just sit around and talk about horror movies. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. Um, what are we so talking about? Yeah, right? <laughs> what's up? What's up? It's like I haven't seen you forever. Um, this is good. This is good. We've been uh, podcasting a lot more lately, and this this is fun. Well, you mean consistently? <laughs> consistently, <lately. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We get yeah. these like well, little road bumps where we're like we pop record, and then all of a sudden we're we fall off for a little bit. Thing is, shit's been hitting the fan lately, and there's so many transitions. Like we're even moving soon. So are we? We are. Yeah. Oh, nice. Podcast is New studio. Soon. Yes. Again. Again. <laughs> I heard because, we... Sorry, go ahead. Well, it's because it's hot here. Like, I just went to go change out of some clothes because I, like, sweat through my shorts. It is hot, but it's this week and it's all over the place. I think it's, like, in the upper 90s or so in parts of L.A. Well, we're in also in an apartment and we have, like... I tried to do the, the summer without... Uh, air conditioning units but we had to pull out the portables man <sighs> had to had to but the only two windows are like that are available for it are like the far ends of the apartment and they don't meet in they don't meet into yeah. this delicious whirlpool of cold it's, air that you want it to it's so. not like a centralized ac system it's not yeah we have these little hot spot little pockets of hot like air if you walk into the <laughs> hallway it's like you lose 10 pounds. Like, <laughs> it's right. so hot. And in the bathroom, forget about it. You have to leave the bathroom door closed, which the cat doesn't like because her litter box is there. Hey, at least she knows how to meow when she needs to go to the bathroom. Or scratch you. Yeah, one of the two. Um, yeah, man, it's been extra hot, I think, this last week or so. There's been fires and shit going on in North Cal, right? Yeah, Northern California's on fire. Trump's being an asshole saying we need to sweep our floors because forest floors are the cause for it. Nothing to do about it climate change or anything whatsoever because you know stupid right 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 you know what i heard what'd you hear that LAUSD's um i guess positive testing rate or whatever the hell it is is that 275 um positive tests so i don't forget the ratio what it was but if they get to 200 they'll have the option of petitioning to open up LAUSD Hmm. Which is the cool. Los Angeles Unified School District. So that's a good thing, right? That means the numbers went down so they can open up the schools? Or is that like a Right, but bad this thing? is usually when people, like, like the reason why we had, like, a second wave is because people feel comfortable and they're like, all right, let's fuck around. Right. Well, and then it'll come back out. But um, I think people will have the option of going to school versus distance learning. I think I'm going to keep my kids on distance learning at least until the end of this semester. Right. I mean... You know, they, well, they, they seem to be doing good with social distance, I mean, with distance learning. Right. And um, the teachers have been doing pretty good. Like, everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people were talking shit within the district. Well, my kids, my kids' schools have Facebook pages that are private. So um, a lot of parents were saying, you know, it was just such a shit, shit storm uh, right off the bat because, hello, we had to, out of nowhere out of nowhere had to suddenly figure out how to distance teach, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's no way that they can think that those same standards are going to transfer into a space that they've been able to plan for. And though it's not going to be perfect, it's at least going to be structured in a way that should be, should allow for proper learning environment, at least during this, these trying times. Right. Well, I wonder if like, you know, 
if it's a good thing that the numbers go down, they open up the schools, but then you get all these kids but the going. the numbers back. will go up. Right. Then it's going to be a whole second like, spike. What was again. it in Georgia? Like a couple of weeks in, they automatically had to shut down the school again because, you know, kids, like every, every time kids go back to school, like my, the entire time my kids have gone to school, um, they're like, you know, all these years, my, like my, my eldest is a senior in high school this year and my kids are pretty conscious because they have a mom who is, you know, germaphobic, uh, conscious about, you know, my, my kids, thankfully, knock on wood, have never even had lice. You know what I mean? That's unheard of, really. And so... Um, is it though? Well, you know, it's in, in schools, yeah. There's a lot of other kids that, like, my, so I have a friend who's got kids, th- I have friends that have kids throughout and they're like, oh, so-and-so classroom got lice or whatever. It's a common occurrence. So, um, but my kids are pretty okay with, you know, not getting germy, but they still bring home like a cold, like first couple of weeks of school. So how can they possibly think that it's a good idea to start off with elementary school students? I don't know. I mean, uh, there was this funny uh, little picture meme thing that one of my friends uh, online had posted on his like Instagram stories where it showed like, a gas mask and like uh, all these different types of masks for like different purposes, like for fire, for, for gas, for this, that, whatever. And then it says just the little like cotton masks or the, even the N95, whatever. It's just a simple face mask that they show. Oh yeah. It was like a painter, uh, gas mask, like, um, toxic fumes, whatever. And then it goes the most, uh, deadliest virus in human history. And it's just a simple, Mask. In other words, like, you know, maybe we should be wearing something a little bit more protective. I don't know. Well, so well, here's the whole thing. Painters have to deal with fumes. Firefighters have to deal with ash. We have to deal with droplets. And droplets can, um, you know, if you're socially distancing, that helps. But if you're unable to keep that far away or if you're in, you know, space where people are moving around, just that mask, like the ones we now sell on our website, icecreampodcast.com, slash shop yeah um you'll be able to buy a mask thank you by the way because i had forgotten um and it's ours are ours are um double layered plus they have a filter that we include and and they come in cool patterns and they come in cool (laughs) patterns like these anyway um the point is not to sell the mask i mean yes we want to sell the masks but um the that's the reason why the virus is going to be helped by a mask gotcha it's really more about the droplets you're spitting out of your mouth you know what i mean mm-hmm. instead of um what's out kind of just circulating in the air right i gotta say your lipstick looks pretty ravishing today really i don't know if that's a new color on you or something but it looks pretty good thank you yeah i tried yeah <laughs> looks like you did something For new once. with your hair too um yeah i figured i'm wearing hair and pants i can do an eye dream of genie (laughs) (laughs) well we all know you can wiggle your nose like uh samantha that's bewitched i know i said the name right didn't i yes you did (laughs) Uh, (laughs) too bad you don't have the magic powers to go along with it Uh, that's what you think (laughs) 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 www.brujaha.com I also can, like, wiggle my ears. Yeah, slightly. That's cool. I mean, they have big hoops on right now. But yeah, I can see them moving. And yeah. then people, so those are the things I used to freak people out about when I was a kid. It was my nose. It was the ears. It was a tongue. Like, 
All right. You sure you want that one on the camera? The ladies like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, well, um, I mean, we all have our things. And then I can do these things with my fingers, which freak you out. No. Well, oh, but do that again, because that looks like it ties in really well with the movie that we're watching today, Rains. No, it's not that one. I know, it's not that one. But <laughs> today, well, we are talking about Day of the Motherfucking Dead. Dead. And we're not talking about the traditional Mexican holiday. We're talking about the movie from 1985. Oh, right. You know what? I never even put two and two <laughs> together when we watched this movie, like... Dia de los Muertos. Dia de right? los Muertos. De los Muertos. Mm -hmm. Day of the Dead. That's huh, right. Cool. I wonder. That's, that's, that's interesting. So let me ask you this because you're a little bit more of an expert than I am on this is this is part, technically not part okay. two, but it's part of George A. Romero's Hold Night up, of the Wait Living. a minute. I am not an expert on this whatsoever. I just like the fucking movies, first of all. Second of all, my understanding is it's um, Night of the Living Dead, which is they're coming to get you, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. yep. Then it's this one. Right. But this one was actually uh, supposed to be a different movie, and they settled on what this movie was. And then they did Dawn of the Dead, which is what the original premise for this movie was. Okay, wait. So, so I think this is two, is well, right. what I'm saying. But I don't know is what I'm saying. Well, it's a George A. Romero movie. It's a zombie yes. movie. And, um... Oh, might I add, it's also special effects by Tom Savini. Right, right. The master of my heart. And doesn't it also feature Greg also, Nicotero? It, Greg Nicotero has a part in the movie, but he also assisted Tom Savini. In fact, there was an interview I saw where Greg Nicotero said... Oh, I think it was in that 80s documentary, was it? Probably, the, uh, into the darkness. Into the darkness. Yeah. Um, that uh, Nicotero said that this is where um, this is where he discovered his love for it because he was an assistant to Tom Savini. Also, do you remember when I think I scared you and maybe the people next to us right, at the comedy, at the comedy store? store when I'm yeah. like, oh my God, Greg Nicotero we, follows us on Instagram. We just got, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Greg over there. Thank you for well, following us. You know, uh, know we were at the comedy <laughs> store watching Kill Tony when you could actually congregate at the comedy store. Oh, I know. And we just got finished with like, they just finished wrapping Kill Tony. All you hear is, Oh my God. I know. And I thought something <laughs> bad happened. The people who were at our table were like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden you're like, Greg Nicotero's following us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's good. I mean, that's cool. But it, it was, was, it was it very was surprising because your reaction was like almost as if somebody got injured or hurt or died or whatever. And uh, I wasn't sure was what beautiful. to make of it. It was one of the best days of my life. Now, if only we can get... Rob Zombie, Tom Savini, and who else? Um, I don't Serge know. Serge Tankian, um, that would be good. Serge, he's not really much of a. I don't care. I think it would be really cool. And then Darren would be really awesome. I don't think Darren follows anybody. What no, do you think about think Wes Carpenter? Either. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really if cool. If there was a Wes Carpenter and he followed us, <laughs> that would be okay. <laughs> that would be cool. Do you remember what episode of Kill Tony that was that we were at? Oh, why do you think you can hear the oh my god? <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was after they stopped filming, but I'm wondering, what that wasn't the one where it was Donnell Rawlings, was it? <gasps> oh my god, it was. Was it? Oh my god, that's one of the best episodes. <laughs> like, I love 
when Donnell Rollins was at like like that um, Kill Tony episode is one of my. It was a little, yeah, yeah. If y'all don't know Kill Actually, Tony, I don't know if we I love, love that Kill one. Tony. Yeah, um, you can see the 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 calendar. Kill Tony band calendar behind Stefan over my arcade over there. Um, but like we love that show. That's how he and I bonded. Really was uh, well, was yeah. over Kill Tony and mm-hmm. you know inappropriate jokes and lots and lots of whiskey. Yep. Um, and Aww. the comedy store, which <laughs> the comedy store, which we can't is, go to anymore. Yeah, we can't. Well, we can sort we of now. Shouldn't probably. They're doing outside seating, and they're I'm doing. I'm just not uh, into that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I want the comedy, but you know that they're doing some sh- uh, comedians through the glass. You know, like when you sit out in the front patio. In the OR. Yeah, in the OR, there's that glass window, and they're instead of facing the audience where they normally would, they've set it up to where they're facing. The patio, so it's almost like they're in a zoo, or you're at a zoo watching a comedian behind a glass I don't know. performing. I don't know. I don't know if I would like that, but, but I do miss that bartender that gave me extra strong drinks. You're talking about Pucky Johnson? Yeah. She's also a comedian herself. Well, most people who work at the store I don't think, are I think comedians. I've, I don't think I've seen her live. I what think did I've I call her? her? Pucky. Punk, I, Punky Johnson. Punky. <laughs> Punky. Let me let me rephrase. Yeah, Punky Johnson. Yeah. yeah, she was pretty cool. She gave me a free drink once when she took too long with my drink. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> she's always hooking it, hooking it up, hooking it. Yeah, up. like I do miss the people there. I, I do miss Kill Tony. I do miss yeah. uh, running into them, like getting drinks and stuff. I do miss going to shows in general. Yeah, shout out to all the Kill Tony crew. Um, you know. Yes. It's been a while. Hello. Hopefully, we'll none we'll of get you guys listen to us. Probably, yeah. well, but if know. you do, say hello. Yeah, hello at icecreampodcast.com. <laughs> Joel might. Who knows? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. But he was he was in that video. Oh, I showed you, right? Oh yeah. Um, what was it? it? Was like the good life or something? Life is like? good. Life is good. That like, a real Mexican. Uh, yeah. Uh, like uh, La I wanna, Onda. Yeah. I want to say it wasn't so much a song, but it was more just like feel good music. It was like spoken word poetry. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but it was, was cool. beautiful. And we'll post a link because I actually really, really like that song. Um, but it's funny because I watch it because the, I follow Gulo Breaker. Um, for those of you who don't know who that is, that's Psycho Mike out here in L.A. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Gulo Breaker is Gulo Rudy. Breaker, like ass breaker? Yes. <laughs> he, he, the, he's, Gulo Breaker is the person, is one of the, what is it, characters that Psycho Mike plays. Psycho Mike, you may know him from Loveline with Dr. Drew. Um, before that, he was also in um, the Kevin and Bean show here locally. Um, but yeah, Psycho Mike was Gulo Breaker. Rudy Cisneros. No, is it Rudy Cisneros or is Rudy Cisneros somebody I actually know? I don't know. I get my Mexicans mixed up. Anyway, he plays like this super stereotypical orale. Yeah, with so the big mustache and everything. With big mustache and he's talking like this, eh? And so you may not be like, it's a caricature, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching the video and I'm like grooving and I'm like, that's Joel. And then I go to his page to see if he had posted anything about it. And sure enough, he's like, hey, I'm in the video. And I'm like, oh my God, full circle. Yeah. For anyway. those of you who don't know, we're talking about Joel Joelberg Jimenez, who is the drummer in the Kill Tony band. Yes. This has been a very Kill Tony centric opening so well, it's far. Well, because I miss Kill Tony. <laughs> yeah, I do too. That was that was our first bonding experience. I basically was like, if you can't hang with this, we can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, watch me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had uh, many a uh, good. Yeah, and times we've had there. a lot. I mean, not to like name drop or anything. And I'm not totally not trying to do that, but it's been pretty sweet. Like our experiences there, we've got to see. 
We got to see Bob Saget. We got to see... Um, well, he wasn't on to- Kill Tony, but he was in the OR afterwards. Because well, just pointing that out. like, But yes, we did get to see him <laughs> at the store because um, of a Kill Tony night. Yeah. Um, but we also... He was, he was a guest, though. No, not while we were there. Maybe... maybe Because he also does, like, YouTube videos. So we probably saw that. Um, but, we, but then um, I felt I was able to learn about the Legion of Skanks and fall in love with... Big J. Mm. A lot of drama going on in their camp right now. Yes, Big J. Um, yeah. And then, but then we also were able to see, like, Too Short was one of the first ones. Yeah. Uh, Tom Segura. Well, we, you know, yeah, Tom Segura. We went to the fifth anniversary, which was amazing. Yeah, with Rogan and, and Rogan. Uh, yeah. Dom oh, Herrera. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, <sighs> Comedy, I miss it. And uh, what was his name? Donnell. Donnell Rollins. Dallin, yeah, that was, like, absolutely one of my favorite episodes. It was Fucking hilarious, but mostly because I don't like that guy. What's his name? Oh, you, you can't hate on him on the podcast. I'm not gonna hate know. on him. He's just uh, okay. How about this? I don't He's part enjoy of the show. his humor as much, so it was. It kind of was like a little bit extra sweet and extra extra crispy for me. Yeah, well, it's something for everybody, you know. Not oh a, no, it's a great show. Like I love every aspect of it, even uh, William Montgomery part, which wasn't exactly my cup of tea. I was still able to roll with a bunch. Just like there, I, I I enjoy it, but I can I can enjoy it. And still have kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really admire them for continuing to try to do their show and their format through the pandemic. They tried just, they just roll with the punches. Red Band and Tony just said, you know what? We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop. We're going to find a way to do this. And, you know, they did. Unfortunately, because comedy is such an interactive thing, it really it kind of needs need an audience, an audience yeah. and it needs, you know, a little bit more, you know, I don't know, yeah. just all comedy needs a little bit more of a live audience feel. But you got to admire what they're doing. They're, they're well, keeping the, the, the show rolling, you know, well, the show I, must was, go on. Yeah, absolutely. And what I was going to say was um, it, that that show specifically has kind of exposed me and you, you to, to all these other things like 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 Ari Shafir and Burt Kreischer and all that other stuff. <laughs> your, and, mom's stuff. And your mom's house. Your mom's house. And uh, you know, at first I was like, uh, Tom can get it, but now it's like, no, let me give it to Christina mm-hmm. instead. <laughs> <laughs> <You're so funny. laughs> but whatever, you know. And um, but what I, I should I, we, we should we let him on a, a little tidbitty secret about how our previous studio is now being used by Ryan Sickler no, and hold on uh, a the second. Honeydew. Before you do that, before you do that. I guess I let the cat out of the bag already. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Ryan Sickler is like in our old studio space that we had to move out of because of the pandemic. But yeah. anyway, um, what I was going to say was it was nice to be able to go to the comedy store and, you know, we've had drinks with Tony and his wife. You know what I mean? We've had drinks with with uh um with joel like several times like like knowing about them like we able to know about uh different other bands you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like um you're talking about the uh the baby boys the baby boys which when we went to go see the baby boys we actually saw drac and the swamp rats and the swamp rats and i'm like oh my god i loved it yeah and it's like and, and it just exposes you to all these other universes and it's just so much exists, especially mm-hmm. in a place like LA. So yeah. much exists, and we're able to make some connections, and like people just love each other, and it's just beautiful, man. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful, my dude. So, I miss it. We'll but- get out there again. We, you know, we'll, like I said, they are doing patio stuff. It isn't, you know, exactly the same without an audience, but they're they're making ends meet, and yeah. But I imagine it's a little hard for something like comedy because. You literally go there to open your mouth and spit. You know what I mean? Like, ha, 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 ha. 
Oh, you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are, you know, I've noticed from some of the episodes that I have seen that they are doing a good job of like cleaning off the mic and sanitizing. I'm sure they are, but I'm saying as far as audiences, like I know, like when you go back and listen to some Kill Tony episodes, you can distinctly hear my laugh there. (laughs) When when nobody else is laughing. (laughs) All you hear is (laughs) that. Well, I was going to say one thing about that, their show and the fact that, you know, you, we're talking about you need an audience for comedy and stuff. Most of the comedians that get up and do their one minute on that show are not necessarily the greatest. So the funnier part about it is the interview and everything that they do afterwards, mm-hmm. the interaction or whatever. Um, so that part of it's still there, you know. You know what kind of sucks, though? What? I had been working on 60 seconds so that I could <laughs> yeah. be part of, like, so I could put my name in the bucket, and yeah. now I can't ever do it. Yeah, well, you, you can still be, be hopeful. I mean, you can. I mean, you might have a better chance now because you used to work a job that would never have allowed you to get down there in time to sign up anyways because you got to be yeah. there like 6 o'clock or something to get your and name in the bucket. And now that I'm unemployed. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> now you can do it. But, so. but yeah, like, but the thing is, Times are different now because my jokes were, like Tom Segura said, not racist, but racial. <laughs> Did he say that? Where? On one of his specials? On one of his specials. He's like, my dad is racial. Oh, right. Not racist, <laughs> but racial. <laughs> and they're not, my, they're not racist, but just I, I talk about, you know, my culture and, you know. You know, Tom is in a, uh, I guess it's like a horror movie. I've never seen it yet, but I, I think it's on demand now. Uh, it's called The Countdown demand. or something like that. It's a horror movie? Yeah, I believe so. Some sort of horror suspense movie. Um, I don't think he's the main character in it, he's, but he's like, I think, because I saw somebody post about it recently. the video where he shanks Bert? Oh, yeah. That was great. The, the <laughs> dance video? <laughs> that was awesome. It's like, he's just like, shh. And, he's <laughs> and you know what? That's how you'll go. Oh, me? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You like to think so, but uh, I keep my <laughs> third eye on point. Uh, yeah, what's that? Nothing. But yeah, he's in some movie I think called The Countdown, and I believe the the I what do you call it the the main picture that's on like Netflix or whatever the little uh-huh. like screen preview Is it or whatever a hamburger? the screenshot. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think it's his face. Like, because I, I saw a meme mm-hmm. or somebody post something where it's like. This is the face that the people uh, make when they watch the videos on your mom's house. And it was him, like, all scared, freaking out or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it's his face on the, uh, on the screenshot of it or whatever. Well, I haven't heard cool. Ryan's podcast yet. Well, like, at all. I haven't heard an episode at all. The, he's oh, had actually, some pretty good I did guests. hear the one where Lana was on there. Yeah, he's had some pretty good guests, including my boss. Uh, and uh, talking about our business, uh, her business, my job, the Santa Monica Music Center. Uh, that was a good one. I think they're going to have her on again at some point oh, in time. Cool. Um, but he's had a lot of good guests. I mean, shit, uh, Joey Diaz was just over there recently. Unfortunately, I didn't get he's to run in into Jersey him. He's in Jersey now. Yeah, he moved. Rogan's out of here too, so times are changing in L.A. I've heard uh, through Tom Secura on his podcast that, uh, yeah, I've heard from Tom directly. Tom no. told me. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh-huh. No, that he mentioned, and I haven't he heard the latest that. episodes, but uh, <laughs> something about there's a few other big heavy hitters that might be headed out of L.A. too. Well, you got to, okay, think, like, okay, the joke that we try to make here usually is, you know, we pay extra for the weather, but the weather's turning to shit. Well, <laughs> no, it still hasn't that rained said, in, like, That said, the well, problem forever. is that properties 
property is so expensive, expensive nowadays and rents like what I'm paying for this two bedroom apartment right now is ridiculous. You know, nobody should be paying this much for a two bedroom yeah. apartment deep in the heart of the ghetto. I'll tell you, you though, know? I came from Orlando, Florida, where I paid a lot less than this for a lot more than this. But, you know, I'm a lot happier out here than I was over there. Yeah, you pay extra. Like, it's it's, it's just how life is. Like, you sacrifice something for something else, you know. Um, I know I could find a place bigger than my apartment in, like, the fucking valley. But I don't want to live in the valley. You know? Especially this time of year. I mean, oh shit, imagine how bad it is right like now. It like, I've lived in Vegas before, and I wouldn't go to the valley. It's like that Entourage episode where Johnny Drama's like, you don't go to the valley. <laughs> you only go to the valley during this time to this time, and never after that or whatever. Like, he's not wrong. Nope, not at all. Also Malibu. You also don't want to drive to Malibu. Like, there's certain things you avoid. Like, you avoid certain areas in our hood, but you also avoid going to the valley and to Malibu. Yeah, you avoid the PCH at certain times absolutely, of the day. Absolutely, sure. especially when it rains. There's <laughs> yeah. mudslides everywhere. Anyway, what I was saying was, um, it's so expensive to live out here. And then on top of that, all of the beautiful beaches are, like, mostly privately owned, which sucks. So you only get certain slivers of land where you can actually go to the beach and usually you have to pay a fuck ton, like $20 just to park your car. Did I tell you when I first moved here, like I was like heading down to Venice one time and like the, this was, I don't know what day it was. It might, I don't know if it was like a, a weekday or not, but whatever. But like we were driving down maybe Venice Boulevard or whatever it was. And you know, you get to like the parking lots that are off from the beach uh-huh. and it was, I don't know. It was probably like 15 bucks or so. Uh And we were like, we might as well park here because it's probably only going to be way more expensive at the beach. So we're like, fuck it. So we pulled into the first parking lot, parked, got out, walked down to there. And then the beach parking, like where you can pull right up onto the beach, um, that that area. $10? It was like nine bucks or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? Venice Beach is tricky. I hate going to Venice Beach unless it's, well, pre-pandemic. I hate going to Venice Beach Unless it's on a weekday, like early morning, early afternoon, um, because you can park right on the beach, no problem, and you can walk up and see Daniel, the the crystal guy, you know? Daniel the crystal guy. Hmm. Yeah. He's the reason why I had a pretend boyfriend named Daniel Lampostri. Oh, um, Because okay. I had just been talking to him, so the name Daniel was in my head. Anyway, um, there, like... There, and then it's clear. And then there's Heidi's hot dogs, right? Like, or Heidi's food or something like that. There's like a restaurant called Heidi's. And then, then like you, you can walk around. But any other time, it's like dirty. It's There's no parking. It's so crowded. That, yeah, you a know, lot of homeless people. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, tourists. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of just, you know. So I, I know. usually go to um, Will Rogers State Beach, which is uh, in the Palisades. and And I know... I'm comfortable with it because my high school was like a block away from the beach. Well, technically a block, but it's like a mile. Um, and I park onto Mescal instead of at the thing. But when the kids were little, I would pay for the parking because I didn't want to drag them and all of our stuff down a quarter mile. Yeah. I think um, I got roofied at one of these Venice Beach uh, night uh, club, not nightclub, but it was like an underground. Uh, it's like a little, maybe it used to be a speakeasy or something. There's like a bar up top and then there's a little staircase that leads below. Did I tell you about this? Are you sure that wasn't somebody's house? That seems oddly suspicious. I'm telling you it was at the bar, but, um, somehow 
I don't know. I had, I don't know how it happened. I don't really have the proof, but I got fucked up and I kind of blacked out, couldn't remember shit. And I got lost from my group. And luckily they found me later, but like, I was like, I had a scar on my, uh, my knee was bleeding and my elbow was bleeding. I actually still have a scar from that too. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Luckily, um, it wasn't like I was gone for super long, but... Long enough. Long enough, yeah. I don't know. It was very strange. It was like a burlesque show going on. Uh, and I Are remember, you sure you didn't jump on stage? I'm pretty sure. Uh, my, my cousin had been there before, and he bartended and worked right down the street um, at a different bar in Venice. So we used to go down and hang out at all these uh, bars. And, and there was uh, this one that's down below. I can't remember the name of the of the actual bar but they used to do this like burlesque show on like wednesday nights or whatever we went down there and i remember you know we 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 were there with a good group of people um it was like it was like three acts in you know these girls come out and they're doing like you know their thing whatever and then all of a sudden uh i don't remember anything after that and i'm not sure if i you know i put my drink down or what happened and um it was a little strange and and i still don't haven't been able to put any of the pieces together somehow i made it to my work the next day at like 7 a.m. I was doing a stupid telemarketing job back then. And somehow that's the only memory I have was like getting to work. So I drove there somehow that's and made scary. it to work. Yeah, it was a little, it, I was wrecked that whole next day. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, was, it was kind of, you know. That is very scary. Yeah, I would have never suspected that something like that would happen to me. Welcome to LA. All <laughs> right. Um, I, luckily, uh, thankfully, I've never been in a position where I've blacked out that I can remember, which is, yeah. Well, you know. well, this wasn't just a blackout. This was, I think, somebody really must have doused my yeah. drink or whatever. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but, you know, as girls, you tend to be more cautious because there's certain rules. You know, the first mm-hmm. rule of Fight Club, you know. Like, there's certain rules that you have to uh, adhere to if you're going to go out safely. Um, and luckily, I haven't blacked out. I do very vividly remember wanting to make sure I was okay by sitting on the floor in the middle of the street sometimes or in front of a bar or then there's video proof of that actually. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of times where I've fallen asleep in many lifts and there are many oh, times that I've made some questionable decisions and yeah. Marisol, who I'm not friends with anymore, has all of that evidence. <laughs> I think I even might have, I don't know if this was a different night or the same night, but I think I even left my cell phone in the Uber on the way home and somehow I was lucky enough to get a hold of the guy and he gave me my phone back the next day. Oh, I gave him a big tip because I was that like, is Whoa, lucky. thank you. You do that a lot. We went out with <laughs> Shelby who was in town <laughs> yeah. and she heard me yell at you for the this first time. This was at Huntington ever. Beach when uh-huh. I, it was my birthday weekend like uh-huh. a year or so ago or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened that night, but I left my phone. I can tell phone. you what happened that night. He left his phone inside of an empty bar. We were at an empty bar. Well, it wasn't empty when we were there. It was fucking packed. No. No, it was packed when we were there. Stefan. Stefan. That was the first bar. Okay. You left it in the second bar where there was like, like, there were like maybe seven people in there. I don't know. I know you don't know. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of drinks that night. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, I did. I I I definitely, we we found, we found the phone. Luckily we got a hold of, uh, somebody at the bar who said the phone was there and we got it back. You were like, just leave it. We'll get it back again. I was like, ah, oh, man, Huntington beach. We're not going to be able to come drive all the way down here. And I just, I don't like losing my phone. So yeah. Anyways. 
I'm going to get you, like, a Velcro strap, like, the belt clips, like, nah, old man clips. I don't like the... That, I'm going to do it anyway. I think, I think I might lose it more that way. Your pants are going to fall off? No, it's just that the clip might fall off or fall out of the pocket, the, the, you know, the holder or something like that. Have you seen those guys that always have their phone hooked up to their side and they always have a Bluetooth on even though they're not on the phone all the time? Yeah, well, like, they try to act like they're wannabe managers or agents or whatever, right? I don't know. Businessmen. I don't know. I see it mostly in my brown community. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And you're like, are you talking to me or are you on the phone? Like, I don't understand. No Nintendo. <laughs> LA's a funny place, but it's, uh, yeah. it's great. I but love it's it. it's home. I love it out here. Yeah, people are fleeing it, but that's okay. Maybe we'll be able to afford a house one day. So, you know, this is a nice little segue back into our movie. Uh, the movie we're doing, Day of the Dead, takes place in my old not necessarily oh, hometown, but my old home state of Florida. Yeah. So, 1985, George A. Romero, along with Tom Savini and a young, Greg very, very hairy Greg. Harry? He had a long, luxurious yeah, hair. Yeah, but you're saying hairy like he's like got fucking a... He's a beast. He's got like chest <laughs> hair like hanging out no, of the no, top no. of his No, no, no. He's thing. just got this beautiful mane. <laughs> and he's young and hot. And um, and they get together and they film Day of the Dead. Yeah. Now, Night of the Living Dead was actually obviously a trend-setting movie, black and white. Um, you know, it had a, a a a great little like. It was it was very like I want to say it was big in the sense that it had a lot of impact suspense. and suspense and everything mm -hmm. going on, but it was also like similar to like a Reservoir Dogs where it's one or two scenes, like, uh, not scenes, um, uh, what am I looking for? The, um, like there weren't a lot of settings. It was like the outside, then they're stuck in the house and then there's in the house and there's downstairs in the basement, just like, Reservoir Dogs is like takes place in a warehouse and then But they have somewhat... a restaurant and tip your fucking waiters. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> Buscemi's a man. I don't know. I kind of I kind of agree with him at some point in time, but Shut up. Uh, but no, um <laughs> I think that that's what I'm saying is like that one had very minimal um usage of uh fuck, I'm I'm looking for a Settings? word I can't. Yeah, but not just a setting, it locations. Okay. Um this one, sort of the same, but maybe a little bit bigger location, but same kind of thing. There's really just like this underground bunker that they're stuck in. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've been noticing a little bit of a trend now that we've seen the two. And I, I've not really well, seen Dawn of the Dead yet, but I know the setup of it, that they're in a mall. And so I'm just looking at like how it's kind of like the same setup you've got a was it a chopping mall <laughs> right you've got an enclosed space the zombies are on the outside they're trying to get in the people are trying to survive and they're just you know they have nowhere to go right so night of the living dead being such a great movie and then the remake later on being such a big hit uh paved the way for people to make all these undead movies night of this night of that day yes. of this day of that yes. um and and kind of like copycats but not really hitting the mark like Romero does um a lot of them are very pleasant though and um well, you know Return of the Living Dead specifically has a nice place in my heart um but this movie um really quick this movie is about 
a group of survivors who are researching what's going on with the undead, the Mm -hmm. zombies. So like um, scientists. In in an underground bunker, and it's supposed to be set in Florida. Yeah. However, you mentioned that in Florida, they wouldn't have underground bunkers. Well, most likely, yeah, because Florida is like below sea level. They deal with lots of sinkholes and potholes. And um, I think, I mean, you know, if this was a military base, then yeah, sure, maybe. But... um, and that's probably what it was, because there was military people, there were scientists, and there were zombies, right? Well, so the movie was actually shot, like the underground scenes were actually shot at an underground facility in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. Far um, away from Florida. <laughs> far away from Florida. But the above ground um, shots the opening are, scene and are, that. From, are in Florida, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, this one and then, ha- added um, a different element to it from the, the previous uh, movie. Um, which was, I feel like, a little bit of uh, sympathy and humanity toward the zombies, and like, because well, so in the movie, okay, so the, what makes this movie a little bit different than the regular zombie films is what we'll say is somebody's trying to figure out the why, you know, and that is one of the doctors. He's trying to figure out the why, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, it is really just remem- reminding that there is a humanity. Like, what is that movie? Ah, somebody tell me what the movie is. It's um, it's a zombie movie, but it's these people think that everybody else is a zombie. It's really them that's a zombie because we're seeing the zombiness through their own eyes instead of the other. So people are like, oh, that person just came and vomited, but they're hmm. they are the zombies. I don't know. Like the zombie genre is not really my favorite of the horror movie genres. I kind of you know. It, I wasn't the biggest fan. I didn't. I mean, I only saw Night of the Living Dead when we watched it for the podcast. You know, I've never seen this one either. I still haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. Um, but the whole—I don't know. What I saw, like, say, twenty-eight days and twenty-eight weeks later. Resident Evil. Resident Evil, which obviously is zombies, but they're more ferocious and fast and like whatever. World War Z. I'm sorry. Yeah, World War yeah, Z. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Okay, one. I really like the World War Z zombies because they're more like, like. Um, there's supposed to be like this primal part of you that's surviving even though the rest of your body is dead, right? It's supposed to be like this primal urge to feed, 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 feed. Um, and in World War Z, I feel like they have much more similarities to the animalistic kind of lizard brain, which is feed, 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 because they're like locusts, you know, or they're like swarming, you know? Sure. There's that scene where there's that wall and they're kind of like climbing on top of each other mm-hmm. to get over I feel like that would be the more accurate representation. However, scientifically, and the way the body rots, and the way there's all these things happening and decomposing, I know that wouldn't be possible, and there would zombies be possible, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I, this movie I noticed from right off the bat, um, they have because it's day of the dead. It's not the night, right? So it's not dark. It's not real. It is darker below where the well, it's military base is. Yeah, but, but it's a dimly lot of the, lit. Yeah. Just in general, I feel like a lot of the scenes are not very dimly lit. They're very bright. Um, the the you know and and again, you're right. They're doing research. They're trying to figure out why the zombies are doing what they're doing. Uh, but and there's trying to figure out if there's a cure. Right, but there is a little bit of I feel like it's I don't know if it's the campy is the right word or whatever, but it's a little bit more like to me. This movie was like a comedy. It was it was definitely funnier. It wasn't. Um, I, I didn't find it to be as funny as it was more. 
didn't find it to be as funny as much as it was a little bit slower just in Definitely general. Definitely had a slow, slow moments. But like in the first uh, installment, there was no characteristics to the zombies were just zombies. So they didn't really have a personality. They all seemed to be definitely evil. This one, you know, what was his name? Bub? Bub. You know, he's he's real like a, he's almost like a, a kind heart. You know, he's scared at certain points in time. Even the other one, they turn the lights off and they're like, ooh, what's going, you know, uh, you sit about, think about what you did in the dark and, you know, you can just see their expression is more like they're a little bit nervous and more worried human. about, yeah, more, yeah. a little bit more human. Yeah. More Which human you, than human. <laughs> now you're talking. Um, uh, let's see. How do I say this? I enjoy this aspect of it because there's, there, if, if, if being a zombie was a real thing, right? Bath salts aside. Um, there would be this transitional phase, you know, like there would be a medium that like it would, it would, let's say evolve for lack of a better term. It, and it would be gradual. It wouldn't be now you're a fucking vicious right, monster. Right, right. It would be, you're losing your grip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there would be more of a, you know, a transitional phase. Yeah. And what I wanted to say really quick was the movie when it starts, it's this helicopter ride um, and and um, one of the scientists, uh, there's a helicopter pilot, his friend. He's, he's great in the movie. I like yeah. him. <laughs> and then um, and then one of the military guys, um, and they're flying around looking for survivors, looking for supplies, you know. But there's this one building that they focus on, and that building is now a museum in Pittsburgh. No, in Florida. Wait, I forget where. There's now a museum where they host an annual zombie fest. Oh, nice. Yeah. So nice. I thought that was pretty cool. And I know I, before the world ended, um, I always wanted to do one of those zombie runs or maybe like one of those zombie panic or escape rooms, but I guess I never got a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, we're all trying to escape our rooms. Yeah. So in the opening of the movie, I liked how they had the uh, alligator like sitting up at city hall and then these two zombies come behind him and like the alligator. At first I thought it was a fake gator, but it was, when, real. It was real when he moved. Yeah. I wonder if those guys behind him were actually like just, uh, <laughs> cause, uh, like extras, you know, actors or whatever, or if they were partly at least trained, uh, I wonder to, if the alligator got paid. Yeah. Well, I heard that all these, zom- so what I've, two couple things that I remember looking into when I read up on this on IMDB, those actors all got paid $1 to be well, zombies because in those the movie. because those actors were actually volunteers, volunteers, right? And they were actual residents of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it, well wherever they were from, but yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was funny. Only a dollar, I think they got like a shirt or something. And yeah, well, because they volunteered, they yeah. just wanted to be part of it. I also heard that this was uh, George A. Romero's favorite one out of the, the out three of the or series? whatever. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Um, which that's why I, I went, heard that too. I mean, I saw that too. And you know, a lot of times the artist's favorite um, thing is, is not, not necessarily, necessarily the, yeah. yeah the the audience's favorite thing. And I do feel like there, this one had some slow points and it did lag. Um, I loved all the bodies getting ripped apart in this movie. Well, a lot um, of that was real pig intestines. Pig intestines. Yep. Yep. Gross. Yep. But it, you, you, we get set up real quickly and real early on that there's basically um, sort of like these two, obviously two groups. Is you got the military guys who are protecting, but you don't really like the military guys. They're not friendly. They're very racist. They're very like, you know, like 
uh, rude towards the main character who I forgot her name. Um, I know it's Sarah in the movie, but I don't uh, remember the actress's name. Lori Cardo. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're all like, you're going to have to like, I don't know. They're just like very like rude and uh, overtly sexual towards her, you know? Well, you're the so, last girl here. You're going to have to like, you know, please all of us or whatever. Well, you they're know? not actually ra- being rapey or no. creepy or anything like that. They do make some vulgar jokes, but... The movie, the opening movie is that they're looking for those things. We figure out, we find out that the helicopter pilot, which is John, mm-hmm. um, he's there Sia just Dali. to fly. And he has this beautiful, like, <laughs> delicious voice. Like, yeah. he's great yeah. in this. I absolutely love it. And his heart is just so pure and big. And it's just, he's so philosophical, too. It's just beautiful. Um, I guess you need one, right? Um, just one perfect character that gets it. Yeah. Um, what, what I, he, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. Um, but we established that he's the helicopter pilot. He's just going to fly. Um, his friend is, uh, what is his friend's name? I don't know. He's the drunk, right? One with the flask. He's not the drunk. Is it McDermott? Yeah. The one with the flask, right? Who's constantly drinking. Yeah. But they're both constantly drinking. Right. But he's but like. They're friends. They, they're friends. Uh, they're separate. They're not military and they're not scientists. They're right. there specifically to help fly. And the other one was electrical or something like that. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and then um, we figure out that they're there. But also we find that Sarah is actually dating Torres. Right. And now- nobody, none of the military guys like that because Torres is the only non-white guy there mm-hmm. that's, um, that's in the military. And they're a little fucking racist fucking assholes. Right. So He's I don't, also I don't feel bad very unstable the whole movie. Yeah, so he doesn't sleep. He's freaking and out. He's, he's not handling the apocalypse well. Yeah. I didn't actually get that they were a thing until a little bit later in the movie. Like, I didn't catch it right off room. the bat. Yeah. But, yeah. like, at first I wasn't 100% sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That they were together. So we find that out just because they say it at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, they're not really loving towards each other, especially because he slaps her once. Oh, right. It's twice. He gives her two good wallops in that same scene. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, anyway, (laughs) they they go back down into the bunker. And it's underground for sure. It's an underground bunker. Um, But it's like caverns. And they built into the caverns. It's, it's, It's weird. It's like... On some of the hallways are half dirt, half earth, half like plaster, mm-hmm. and um. And there's zombies we, down there. There's zombies down there. They're they're keeping zombie some zombies down there that the military guys go and get from the um go and get from the outside because there's a perimeter fence and they'll go and grab some because for research. Right. Um. We do find out that when they land, that some that one of the military guys had died. That morning while they were gone. Yeah, what was his um, name? Cooper or something? Yeah, and he's being uh, he's being buried. Um, anyway, so there's the military guys, and they are being led by oh, Sergeant Douchebag Rhodes. Rhodes, yeah, yeah, Sergeant Rhodes. Now the military guys, they're all rough and rugged. They stop. They have long hair. They have long beards. They're not keeping up with they it. They laugh very annoyingly. Everybody <laughs> except for Rhodes. Rhodes is stick to, stick to the book, uh, clean shaven all the time. Just a very clear representation that he is not accepting the reality. He is still in, we're in the old world. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're pre-COVID. <laughs> you know, he's not 
he's not adapting to the new reality, which for me was like, yeah, something's going to happen to him because he's sticking to his tradition, sticking to his old world mentality. Mm-hmm. So um, we also find out that there's a doctor that they call Frankenstein. Right, and yeah. he's like the main doctor. He was English for some reason. Was he English? I don't know, but he has an accent. He has a slight accent, but I don't know if it's a British accent. I think it's Maybe just it was sort accidental. of like... Right, and then there's another scientist whose name I forget. So there's three scientists. There's Sarah, no name, and there's um, uh, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the rest of the military guys. And then the two guys that are, you know, surf, like they do other stuff. Yeah. I guess what? Civil engineers, let's call them. The helicopter pilot and the... And uh, the electrician. Yeah, the electrician, yeah. Okay. So those are the groups. Now, the scientists are being secretive about their research. The military guys are like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? We keep losing men over and over again. Um, and then the helicopter pilot and the electrician, they're just like, whatever. You know, like literally the most chill guys in the apocalypse. Um, they, yeah. They're, they're, they have their little, little spot they call the Ritz. And they're the Ritz. just happy chilling over there. Yeah. And their Ritz is actually this like trailer almost like a mobile home sort of yeah like rv almost under underground underground and they've kind of decked it out they put a fake screen that shows that the tropical island yeah yeah. and and they're always drinking which is probably the best thing to do in the apocalypse because that that way you get a nice rum flavoring for the zombies when they eat you (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's braised as well right yeah (laughs) um and a lot of, a lot of, um, and so what I do like about the movie, even though it is really slow, they give you the ability to really just get a full understanding of each character. Uh, they don't go too in depth with all of the kind of throwaway characters, um, but they do give you an understanding of Rhodes and Sarah and the pilot and the engineer and and Doctor Frankenstein. They give you kind of a clear understanding. So um, I think that kind of balances for me it balances why the movie is so slow because you get to know who the characters are all the really gory stuff is like towards the end of the movie like you'll get the occasional like oh shit you know Mm -hmm. but um anyway so they're doing research dr frankenstein is actually requesting uh zombies to come every you know uh uh for the military guys to grab zombies from where they're holding some of them like a kind of like a corral yeah yeah and um Underground again. Underground, yeah. All of this underground. Uh, The only time we go above ground is in the beginning movie and the end of the movie. Yeah. And so um, we find out that he's been trying to research and study them to see, uh, to understand the why, but to see if there's a way to put them to use. And we find that he has been using Cooper, and they find Cooper's uh, uh, military clothing inside his laboratory because... Um, and then that's the guy that they had just buried. So he like dug up this dead. No, he didn't. They didn't dig him up. Remember, they, there's a part where they say that they buried. Oh, a he corpse, buried a, a, a zombie. A zombie corpse yeah. Instead. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, so that is really disturbing. But we realize that he's been feeding parts of. Oh, he's 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 been. Um, feeding parts of him to zombies and stuff. And he, he does that also to some other guys that end up dying towards the end of the movie. But um, he has zombie name. Bub. Bub. Yeah. And Bub has learned. He learned yeah, to shave. He learns to use a Walkman. He remembers what a yeah. gun is even at one point when Rhodes comes in and is like, he, and he tries to shoot him. 
Yeah, he's basically being, you know, um, trained in a way. Uh, the the Frankenstein doctors is trying to communicate he's and trying to, to put create him, behaviors and yeah. stuff like that. So he wants to be able to to civilize them so mm-hmm. he can they you can live harmoniously. Yeah, he says it's all through a reward system. Like, yeah, you know. which is what you do when you train a dog or, mm-hmm. you know, kids. Yeah. And here's the thing. The uh Dr. Frankenstein knows that there is very realistic need to do that because according to his calculations based on the population um in the united states at that time there would have only been 600 survivors in the united states in 1985 based on the calculations he made the movie takes place in 85 yes does do you think that the first night of the living dead and this have at least the connection of the fact that the zombies maybe it's the initial were one spread yeah like, like and then it's something to grow right but because they were actively burning people at that time maybe the 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 spread was more contained yeah, and then know. it took 20 years well I, yeah that's or another maybe, thing too i, guess I don't know 15 maybe yeah that's actually a lot of time in between i mean it's plausible mm. you know it's plausible like just in this last week in california Somebody was diagnosed with the plague, hmm. right? So it's possible. Yeah, anything's possible, especially in the movies. But I, I'm just wondering. I wonder how much of it Romero had uh, plotted out or what he thought. Like, you know, was it like a George Lucas thing where he's had episode one, two, and three in the books before he ever even made them, you know, or, uh, you know, and, and I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. I know you have. I don't know if there's anything that ties in to this from this movie into that movie i i um, honestly I, I i don't remember and i couldn't tell you um so i was actually a little bit i was actually wrong so um i wrote it down wait wait can you repeat that no <laughs> the original script was not uh so easy to sell so it became the basis for 2005's land of the dead ah. not dawn of the dead yeah there's so many Things of the Dead. Do you know that? Yeah. There's even a Day of the Dead Part 2, which I wonder if that was just like a offshoot that some, you know, I don't think it was George A. Romero's type uh, connection to the movie. I think just might have been somebody who said, you know, but it's so weird how there's like, you know, these different storylines, I guess, that that skew off. Well, think about just of COVID. How many different stories can somebody tell yeah, and we're sure. all experiencing the same sure. same pandemic, like, but everybody's interpreting it different. Yeah. Like you and I could drive down the street together. You can have a good experience. I could have a bad experience. You know, that's that's for sure. Is. I mean, if if you want to look at it like that, just within every different city, every there's going to be a different experience because whatever's mm-hmm. going on in New York and whatever's going on in L.A. or Chicago or Florida, whatever. I mean, uh, it's not the same. You know, so like you could do a a, a movie about the zombies taking over New York and one being of LA and it would be different just because right the and also are a rural area a rural area which is where the first one took place right yeah would be different setting than something like a big city like yeah. Miami for example right they're both southern but one is more densely populated mm-hmm. excuse me than the other yeah um but yeah so um, throughout the movie Torres who is um losing it by the second um during one of the trips of the military guys going to go get more zombies for dr logan oh dr logan that's it 
Sarah? No, Dr. Oh, right. Logan oh, is Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Um, he drops, or no, the, the the tether breaks because they have like a one of those dog catcher things. Yeah, he's and, just not holding and it, it strong. Breaks, and it breaks. And, and two of the military men die. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, that's in the, that's also the the second time I think because remember doesn't he the first time around he even yeah. fucks up he drops it but the first time around hit. nobody gets killed but this time it ripped or mm-hmm. broke and somebody did two people died uh, one of them was put out of his misery and the other one was eaten by zombies or whatever yeah. but we find out that that guy the Greg Nicotero's character is actually being researched after the fact oh, by yeah. Doctor Frankenstein and um anyway um that is the catalyst to the human on human um violence mm-hmm. that begins um torres uh does get infected and but but sarah cuts off his arm the other guys want to kill him anyway the military military guys want to kill yeah. him anyway that was sarah, a great scene sarah yeah yeah they cut the, his arm the off and then of the they arm off. take like a torch they cauterize you know, it cauterize yeah. it with like a torch <laughs> absolutely and then um the two guys uh john and another guy you're talking the engineer about the- and the helicopter pilot, they got her back. Mm-hmm. They have her back. Um, and then they're trying to figure out, you know, how to take care of each other at that point because uh, it's now military guys versus these people. Um, we find out that Bub has been eating, uh, you know, he's been being fed these dead military guys and Rhodes loses it. Yeah. Uh, they uh, kill the doctor. They kill the other doctor, Doctor No Name, um, and then they start to uh, attack Sarah and her friends. And what they do is they put the engineer and they put Sarah into the corral where all the zombies are, and they give them no weapons. Yeah. And so they and then um, they want the pilot to fly to fly them out of him, and he's like, "No, I'm not doing it without my friends." And so they beat him up. He sounds so much better saying it than the way he said because of his accent. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's got the great sorry, Jamaican I'm, accent. That's, sorry, I'm not, I'm not an eloquent Jamaican man. Sarah Darling. He's like, he's got such a great accent. I know, it's like velvet. His voice is like <laughs> uh, delicious. Yeah, I can't do it very well. But, it, but. And he, but his, 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 his positivity just shines through the screen. And he has, he does have this delicate, gentle, like creamy voice. And he just makes you want, like there was a one point he tells Sarah, all we have, okay, I'm going to say it, but then you say it in a Jamaican accent. I can't do a Jamaican accent very well, but I'll try. So he tells her what we need to do is we need to go to the, to an island. We we need to go, uh, we need to get more, uh, find more survivors, have get some babies and continue oh, the, the society. Yeah, yeah. Which is in a weird way. It was almost He's a like, little creepy. <laughs> because, yeah, she's the only girl, really. He's, there. He's like, we need now, to go make some babies. No, there you go. <laughs> he said it so beautifully and I liked it so much. Um, and I was like, shit, let's do this thing. <laughs> but um, oh, Go ahead. I want to I ask you something else, but uh, finish what you were saying first. Oh, I well, go ahead. So... The opening of the movie, the very, very, very beginning of the movie, okay. is her in a cell of some sorts with a calendar and all. It's in the, October. I couldn't see if it was October 31st or not, but most of the month was gone. And then there was uh, the scene where the arms break mm-hmm. through, and that's, you know... Her husband's in real life. <laughs> but did that... Ha- like, so was that just a dream the, she was yeah, having? Yeah, those were dreams, yeah. Because 
when that scene happened and the arms burst through, she woke up in the helicopter when they were initially looking for survivors. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, later on, in the end, scenes, she does, like she's in that same uh, well, cell again, but it, right? Well. Near the end of the movie or something like that? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I did read one little fun fact that the first time they filmed that scene where the arms busted through, they, like the wall, the wall fell oh, over really? on top of her. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it would because they're not like real wall right, walls. Right, it's like paper walls yeah. or whatever. Um, okay, so the helicopter pilot's getting beat up. Um, Sarah and another guy are running through like defenseless in through the corral trying to escape through some underground tunnels. And Torres comes to, realizes he has no fucking arm, and he's like, I'm going to get these fuckers back. So he goes to the elevator that leads up to the surface, and he goes up there. He um, holds on to the button to go down, and then he gets eaten by zombies. Yeah, he they, like the at this point in time. Does he open the fence though? I think he actually opens. No, the well, fence it breaks up, through. I think at this they point they finally it's, broke yeah, through. They, yeah, because when they start, like oh, I'm holding the button down. <laughs> when when they land in the helicopter in the beginning of the movie, it looks like it's going to come down at any point. It's mm-hmm. just a chain link fence. Yeah. Um, and more and more zombies are coming. You know, I like the scene where they do have the zombies coming down on the platform, and the first one who steps off, he steps off a little too early, and he like falls on his face. But it's so like. What a zombie would do. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point, because um, because they're like, fuck it, the helicopter problem is not going. Uh, they're like, okay, let's make a break for it. They head over, um, the military guys head over to the elevator to try to take the helicopter or figure something out. But they see that all the controls have been disabled from the inside. And the only way to get that up is through the control that's up. But then they see the zombie come down, the, the elevator come down, it's full of zombies. And they're like, shit. At that point, Rhodes gets into his little golf cart and takes off into the bunker some more, leaving behind the last remaining two guys. The um, two uh, military, military guys. guys. The, yeah. the little racist ones that are the like. The racist ones, yeah. yeah. And then. Fucking assholes. That's okay. I don't like die. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so if Torres is eaten alive, these two guys are making a run for it. Um, Rhodes has the car. Uh, John at this point has gone inside to the to the corral to try to help his friends. Catches up with them and they start making their way up towards the helicopter. Meanwhile, um, Bub, the zombie, um, has has um, broken away, broken out of his. Uh, so he has a collar that's chained to the wall, and he's tugged on it so much that it broke. It came loose off of the wall. So he goes and he's searching for his, I guess, dad, Dr. Frankenstein, right? And he finds him on the floor and he shows him, and it's so cute, he shows him the chain like, hey, I broke this, fix it. Mm -hmm. But then he realizes that he's dead. And so he's like roaming the halls. Um, Rhodes is roaming, like trying to escape as well. And they finally see each other. Yeah, this is... uh... And... The, the other two military guys at some point die, but they finally see each other, and then Bub shoots him. Yeah, he pulls a gun, Yeah, shoots Rhodes. Uh, there's a whole bunch of zombies behind Rhodes and, uh-huh. like, the other side of the door. They come out. They they get a hold of him, and, and they and just dismember him. him. They, like, quarter him. They do this, actually, a few times to a few people in this movie, and 
uh, very, you know, again, Tom Savini and Nicotero did a great job organizing all these things, along with whoever else was involved, obviously, in the movie magic part of it. But they do this thing where it's like everything gets separated, the head, the body, the arms, they like get ripped off in a different way. But does that mean that the zombies have superhuman strength? Because they didn't get through the chain link fence unless until there were a bunch of them, like hundreds of them, but they're strong enough to tear a body. Like, give me your arm. I can't tear your body apart. Oh, well. I can't. I tried. Yeah. You were sleeping. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. That might be a slight flaw in the um, logic. The logic of it. Yeah, but but you don't watch the movies for the logic, right? You don't watch these movies for the logic. But I could tell you this, though. The zombies are not trying to eat the fence because it's not something that they find edible. They want the human, they want the flesh right. and the brain, right? so br- they don't right? eat the brain specifically. They just tear eat into the, the body yeah. and eat so, But I'm saying when they get a hold of a human, they're more in, like, aggressive so, okay, eating mode. so you're mode. saying that that's the trigger. Like, because they're not super smart. So to them, yeah, the flesh is the trigger. So that's what they're like, instead of, like, the fence, they're just like, ooh, like, bumping into it. Yeah. So Sarah and... I like when Bub salutes no, him No, he right salutes after. him, yeah. <laughs> uh, because earlier in the movie, when uh, the doctor, Frankenstein, was showing the military guys what Bud could do, Bud saw that... Bub. Bub, sorry. Yeah. Bub um, saw that Rhodes was in uniform, and he saluted him, but Rhodes didn't salute him back. So there was kind of like feelings and grudge there. Yeah. Um, so... The helicopter pilot, so Sarah and her group, they escape. They get into the helicopter. They go to get into the helicopter. Sarah opens the door and a hand reaches out to her. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up and she's on a tropical island with the guys. Yeah. Because they had yeah. escaped. That's where, again, I was like, wait, was this all just a dream or what was happening? But it, it was, I guess. Maybe it was just a nightmare. The, yeah. Or, she, a rem- or, or, or she was remembering what happened <laughs> in like sort of like a flashbacky yeah. kind of scene. Yeah. Um. But she's got a big decision to make now because, again, her her hubby's gone or whatever you want to call him. I mean. And now she's got, you know, people who want to repopulate the earth with her. <laughs> well, there are still 600 people left on, in the U.S. They still are able to go to other countries. Like, they, so I, I did read um, the Zombie Survival Guide. You know, the Max, what is it, Brooks book? The Zombie Survival Guide. I read it like I don't know, maybe ten years ago, or whenever it came out. And um, there, there are a lot of interesting points in there. So, for example, a zombie, yes, can survive underwater. It would just walk, you know. So that's one, unless you're, you know, closing the beaches or something in a in a barrier kind of way. It's inevitable that it'll land. It'll go across the ocean. Well, so you aren't exactly safe on an island. They might get eaten by sharks on their way across uh, the ocean. I mean, no, because sharks don't just go around eating, you know, like just. (laughs) Sharks, in my understanding, don't go eating like at the very bottom of the ocean, which is where these zombies, like the the zombies wouldn't swim. Um, Their bodies would decay faster in the water, but they don't require oxygen. They're not going to bleed to be able to tell a shark, hey, there's a person over here. It's just going to be something walking along the bottom. It's going to be decayed. Like, nobody wants to eat anything uh, decayed. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I guess. Um, but, but so then there's that. And then if a zombie makes it up into the Arctic, right, 
it'll freeze, but it won't die. So meaning as the climate changes and, 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 and things continue to warm up, at some point, those frozen zombies are going to be defrosted, and then it'll start all over again. Mm, sure. So there's just a lot of things like that. I mean, I think it's an interesting read. That's cool. I maybe have to check it out sometime. I have it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, but the movie the movie does lot the does stand I think, and I think it's a great movie. I think everybody should check it out. I mean, most people have watched it already. I loved it. Yeah, I I love the practical I laughed a lot in it. Effects. I laughed a lot in it. I loved the the effects too, but they also again, like I keep saying this in many episodes, but I wish I could go back in time and be like ten years old and watch these then because I feel like it would. Like the people who did, you would have see been it, much more impressed with well, the effects because they would have been brand new at that time. Maybe, yeah. And I think that that's a big deal on why there are many to be people. Fair, you would that, have been four <laughs> at that time, yeah. But who knows? I maybe you would have seen it by the, between the ages six and ten. But all I'm saying is that there, the way that it impacts certain people that love the horror genre and that love these old '80s movies, I think it's a lot of it most of the time is because they were able to see it when they were younger. I think it's, you have to approach it differently now as an adult, which makes me wonder what the adults in our youth were thinking, you know, when they were like so spooked out and, and, and shocked by these what films. Did, what did Buddy say in our last episode with him? There was a lot of good cocaine in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. But I wouldn't well, have anything to compare so think it about to it. now. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good cocaine these days as well, too. Well, I, I you just know. have to have the right connections. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you think about it, the kids in the 80s, wait, follow me here. Kids from the 80s were, let's say their parents were hippies from the 60s, right? They were children during the 70s, but they were, you know, young adults in the 80s and starting to make these movies, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that their parents all drugged out and shit probably had some drugs around to help and assist with the creativity. Yeah. And um, also they're less repressed, so they probably gave them a lot more freedom to be able to just say, go try it out. Just do it in the house. I just think (laughs) it's funny because, like, again, when I watch these movies now... As an adult, I wonder about the adults of that time and like, you know, were they just taking it the same way I take it now where it's like, oh, it's fun because of all the blood and guts and it was funny and I laughed and it's cool. But like, I think there was a lot of adults that were truly shocked and scared or horrified with a lot of the 80s horror movies, like just you know, because might have been the first time they've ever seen this kind of slashing and blood and guts and killing on screen or whatever. I would, I would compare it to the first time you and I, are, you know, not together, but you or I watched Hostel and that blowtorch to the eye, like we hadn't seen anything mm-hmm. like it before, you know, and that tripped us out. Or the first time we saw a found footage film like Blair Witch yeah. or even... Um, but a blowtorch to the eye is something that can actually happen, and therefore we, as adults, are like, "Ooh, that would fucking hurt," or okay, whatever. Well, but like seeing a zombie, okay. Like, so and how, some, sorry, go ahead. So how about something like Saw? We're not going to get captured by some guy who's going to put us in a puzzle. You know what I mean? But we, when that movie first came out, we all freaked the fuck it, out but, when, when, um, when uh, Wesley cut his foot off. We all freaked out when. The guy, what John or whatever the fuck, 
stepped up, like like stood mm-hmm. up, who yeah. was the body. Like, like they're not the special effect you're talking about, but they're something new. But it's and, a practical scenario, though. No, you're not understanding, I guess, what I'm saying, or maybe I'm not explaining it correctly. The fact that something is new is going, oh, perfect. Avatar, not the beautiful Last Airbender, but not the Shyamalan movie. The um, Blue People movie? The Blue People movie, yeah. yeah. That movie came out, I literally had to take the kids to see it like seven times. It's, and, and I enjoyed it seven times. Um, the special effects were great. Yeah, it was CGI or whatever the fuck, but it was beautifully, well, it was beautifully done. It was, it was the most like brand new technology and it would have been like me in the 80s as an adult watching something with these special effects. It would have been, holy shit. This is fucking awesome. After you get over the initial, like, oh my God, this movie is great, this and that, you'll still, you know, go watch it seven times with your children because they're enjoying it. But you're also like, wow, it's so great how they made those light up. Oh, wow, it's so great the way that they did the hairs to match up, you know, like all of those things. Nowadays, we can watch a movie that has the same kind of special effects with no problem. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying that to me, there's like uh, when it's a realistic event versus something that's somewhat supernatural, it's more easily to relate to. Like Saw, sure, we might not be well, in that position, obviously. but the things that were happening in Saw were all things that could happen to somebody and have mm-hmm. happened to real people. Even though we never got uh, captured and tortured, there are definitely sadistic but people out young. there that <laughs> there are sadistic people out there that have done that and tortured real human beings or whatever. Whereas, like, say, Freddy, for example, you know, I mean, that scares the shit out of a lot of people. When you watch that now, it's very comedic and funny. Like, there's no way that, you know, adults now even if it's their first time watching it, are going to be... And the, the first one is a little bit horrific, but still very laughable. Um, I just feel like that back then, though, it almost like, you know, you see these people coming out of the movie theaters with their big 80s glasses, like, oh, my God, it's like, I don't know if I'll sleep tonight, you know? And it's like, you know, lame. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I still enjoy it, though. Oh, I'm not saying it's not enjoyable. I'm just, you know... Like... I was started this whole point with me wishing I could go back in time and be a kid and really have the full effect where I'm like still, you know, my mind isn't so, uh, you know, everything is, I don't know. Hateration? That's not that I'm (laughs) hating. I'm just saying like there's, as a kid, your imagination runs wild and you can believe in things that are not necessarily as believable as an adult. And I think it would be nice to be able to experience these back then because it probably would have made a more lasting impression on me as a child. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. I'm glad that I had no parental supervision uh, during working hours (laughs) and I was able to watch all of these movies as a kid. Um... Like, there's some, like, the movie Dolls, for example. Like, it's just marionettes, but it freaked me the fuck out. Like, it still left an impression. To, like, I don't own any porcelain dolls. And guess what? My mom doesn't either, thanks to a nice, trusty old bald peen hammer. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it leaves an impression. Like, it definitely does. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that's why um, Red Sonia was my favorite movie for such a long time, because Brigitte Nielsen was, like, the first woman I was attracted to. Like, I like to say that it was Lucy Lawless and Xena, but I think, realistically, it was it was Red Sonia. Hmm. I, I would have seen that first. Gotcha. 
Anyway. Yeah. All, uh, I, will, I will say, though, there are also a bunch of 80s horror movies that I think that did only really have uh, uh, an impact on the youth or people because it, we were kids. And now when we go back and watch them as adults, we're like, oh, that was yeah, a little like... Yeah, but a lot of it is, like, a lot of them do well because of the nostalgia factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. They make you feel good. They make you yeah. feel comfortable. They, they make you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like, I think a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about how... I finally made it a connection between my love of horror movies and my love of family because my family were the first ones to allow me to watch a horror movie, but I loved it because I was safe because it was, you know, it was something I did with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why when I watch horror movies, like, you, you you see me, you'll come here and I'm like laying on the couch and I have background noise and it's, you know, yeah. somebody getting dismembered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I think I was just... Uh, I think like Chopping Mall is one of those ones where like as a kid, it was like, whoa, but then going back and watching it now, it's kind of like it's funny, but it's not really yeah, like. Yeah, but I like Chopping Mall. Did you like it? Yeah. 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 I like Chopping Mall. We'll do an episode on that one. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, all, with their quote teenagers that were like 30. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was all like, let's go sneak into the mall and have sex, stay um, there overnight. But why? There's tree houses everywhere in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go in the back of the car or whatever. Stay in the parking lot of the mall. You don't got to go in. I always wanted a treehouse. I never got a treehouse. Like, my brother, my cousin, and I uh, once built in in our backyard, like, a clubhouse out of, like, discarded wood. Because, you know, brown people have discarded wood all the time. (laughs) Um, And and we built one, like, and then they tore it down because they said it was ugly. Mm. Like, my mom thought it was ugly. But... Like, I always wanted it to be in a tree, like, like you know, like the ones, like in The Witches. Mm-hmm. The little boy had that little platform in the tree. That's what I always wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't have a tree house growing up, but my uh, parents did put together sort of like a fort. Like, it was like, um, like two. Didn't you have a fort in the woods? Yeah, I told you about that, right? Yeah. So th- this was the same area, same house, but before way, that, the woods thing was way back in the woods that I made on my own with a friend of mine. That's not but, creepy. But my my parents in our backyard built this like kind of wood structure, and it had like monkey bars and like swings in well, the middle, cool. and it was like two. It was like you could climb up a ladder and go up into the top level, which mm-hmm. was sort of like a a tree house, but it wasn't in a tree. Like like a play like a play like, structure? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So and it was legit. I mean, you know, for us as a kid, it was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. You could like swing on the swings or you could climb up the ladder. It had a little trap door. You'd push it up, go inside, close it up and whatever. And um, you know, it just was a square and it was open. It wasn't like covered completely boxed in to where mm-hmm. you couldn't see each other but there was one on one side and one on another side like two towers almost and mm-hmm. then it was, the swings connected in the middle mm-hmm. I know you're about. yeah and the fort thing the green I had, slide yeah yeah we had a slide <laughs> down one side yeah uh the fort thing i had going on with my friend was like way deep in the woods back there uh past our our um our property line it was just nothing but woods and forest and we went back there and built a uh like our own little like structure back there. We had like a ladder and a tree for a lookout. We had, um, we put up little posts and then put, uh, we, we had like camouflage material mm-hmm. and we like cover that and camo. And then we had a little like area where we would like light fires and shit. Um, it was, you know, and then at, well, the one crazy thing is that one day we came and the whole thing was torn down to pieces. Like and an animal? No, we think it was a human. 
We think it was, it could have been a couple things, but in our imagination, in our head at the time. So we think that it was some vagrant people that mm. were living deeper in the woods. So we They're built like, our, this house. Well, we built our little fort, which was way past our property line. And then one day me and my friend kept going deep because they, we heard that there was this field that they shot an old time war movie in, like mm. an old, like fifties or sixties war movie. And it did, it had little bunkers still like as if they like, you know, Mm-hmm. didn't like re- they they dug up well, the this land is in Boston cr- yeah outside of Boston but mm-hmm. um so we went past the place where the movie was shot apparently mm-hmm. and then we went deeper deeper into the woods and no lie we came across some other like almost Blair Witch style like not cabin in the woods but it was like somebody's living quarters in the oh, woods shit. nobody was there at the time that we saw, but it freaked the fuck out oh, of us because we knew, would. like this. Yeah, I mean, there, like was, there was a stranger living right there. Stranger living there, and they, and, and so you were kids. yes, and you were like uh, seven. I was between the age of yeah six to uh, ten at the most. It's a wonder any of us survived the eighties. We think that whoever was living there. And there was like weird Blair Witch shit, like bones and like things tied to the tree. And like, it was creepy, creepy, creepy. And we think maybe those, whoever was there had come across our thing and just trashed it and whatever. Um, I don't know. It was, a, that was a scary time. I was yeah, also very young. Scary. But just imagine if we did run into somebody back there. And yeah, they were and like, you wouldn't be alive right I now. I know. <laughs> and I'd be sitting here talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of crazy, but... You know, holy shit. Yeah. I just, it was, I try to remember back. It was so long ago now, but we were like, we came across it from afar Mm -hmm. and we were like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, holy shit. Like it was different than ours, but like better. Like it definitely looked like there was was like adult. Yes. Adult Mm -hmm. made kind of like fort camp but it also had a lot of creepy weird shit like i said like bones and like the sticks and stuff like tied together Mm -hmm. almost like satanic witchcraft ceremonial type shit or whatever um very very you know spooky thing yeah holy shit nothing (laughs) like i always think that i've excuse me i've always thought that i've missed out because i lived in this big city my whole life um i do love camping so much like it was our thing like even now like we go camping like i don't know four or five times a year and um and i love it but we used to go like real camping like mm-hmm. middle of nowhere kind of camping um with my grandparents but and well my parents too but with them it was like more koa kind of thing but um i always thought that i was missing out because the closest i got was going hunting with my grandfather um you know i never got to the point where i was able to uh you know, explore and do, you know, 80s kids natural stuff. Like, I always did 80s kid in the city stuff, like Left Alone, mm-hmm. run into strangers in an alley, rent videos, like go rent videos on your bike kind of thing, mow neighbor lawns, like things like that. I mean, like, and even going to my grandparents' house, it was like, shit, they put me to work, you know? Like, I used to sell Desert Sun newspapers in front of the Luckies during my summer vacations. <laughs> You know, I'd get 10 cents to every newspaper I sent, I said, I sold. So I, I never got to do any of those, like, you know, out in the woods, this happened, that happened, which I'm, I'm sure I'm thankful for, but like, I've always thought like I've, 
I've missed out in those areas. Right. Um, yeah. That said, I do have a lot of inner city <laughs> experiences, which I'm not exactly thrilled about. But I don't know. It would it probably would have been. I think I was made to live in the outskirts at some point. Um, but I, I do I love L.A. I wouldn't move away from L.A., but I definitely need, like, a vacation in the outskirts. Sure. Do you remember my little uh, camping? My little uh, pony? No, yeah, <laughs> I remember my little pony, too. But remember I came up with this little uh, cool prank that I feel like I wanted to... I, I, I still want to do it, but I never pulled it off, but, like... Yeah, but we'd have to go, like, real camping, not, like, KOA camping. Well, it would be... Well, let, let me... You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? So Stupid. I feel like this would be a really <laughs> cool prank. If somebody else does it, I, you know, whatever. We're not but, mad at you. <laughs> but I feel like you go to a campground. You find, first of all, before you get there, you buy a glow-in-the-dark hockey mask, a Jason mask, <laughs> whatever, right? You, you let it sit out in the sun all day. Don't show anybody. The day you're leaving, and now this is where it gets a little tricky because I would love to see the reaction. So it's almost like you got to set up a camera to see, mm -hmm. but the, you, you maybe you don't leave the campground. Maybe you do it while you're <laughs> still there. Why you say explain it? <laughs> you take the hockey mask after it's charged up all day and you hang it up in a tree, not high, but like you know, face level, somewhere in a branch or in a bush or in a tree. And as it gets dark in the campground, somebody's walking along, maybe going to the, the bathroom at night, and all they see in the distance is this glow-in-the-dark hockey mask. <laughs> and then just to see the reaction of, like, what people do. Like, the mask doesn't move. It just sits there. and Staring and, at you and, yeah, with dead but, but, yeah, I think that would be very funny. Um, I almost feel like it could have been, like, a – hashtag this and then like have the next person who finds it then put it at the next campground they go to <laughs> um i think it would have been fun yeah um, that would be pretty cool yeah I, like, but i want to see forward, the people's reaction though like i don't want to just leave it and not know what happened i would love to have a, a video camera so maybe like it. on the inside of the mask um not the glow and dark part like you leave instructions and you tell them where the camera is <laughs> and say, now, now it's up to you to carry on the legacy, right? Yeah. And then you give them instructions for it. You know what? That could be a, a nice setup for a Can new somebody else movie. do it? No, like, for, <laughs> like if you think about it, that could be a plot for a movie. Like people, like, but then the mask starts to take on the personalities of the people who found it. Not, and, not even. And, There's and, just a, another killer that's on the loose. But people are like, what the fuck? Is it the mask? We don't know, you know? And, like, maybe... I'd like it, to see something like people put the mask on, like, oh, I found the mask, right? Hashtag this. And then the mask slowly takes bits of them and then... Or, or, or so, slowly project... I don't know. I'm just, you know, spitballing here. But slowly, like, like it, it, like, infects you with some poison of evil. And then suddenly you're like doing shit, like do dirt shit. You, you know what whatever. I mean? You start fucking things up. You start being evil or something. And then, so it's like pay it forward, but bad. I got it. This is the premise for Friday the 13th part 13. <laughs> Jason comes back to life through everybody through like this doing mass. This prank? Yeah. This okay. mass prank. We have to get in touch with somebody who can put us in the, to get in touch with the right person. Um, <laughs> Did you ever? Yeah, that would. Be, I think it would be great. Like, do not do this during 2020, though, because enough shit has gone bad. Like, don't release those mosquitoes in Florida. Right oh, now. they'll probably do it. They fucking yeah, they're crazy in Florida. Um, did you, we, speaking of in Florida, when I was young, we used to play this game when I was, uh, probably like in like middle school, maybe ninth grade at the most. But so what we would do 
is it was hard to play in somebody's house where you, it was it was like you had to have like the house to yourself, like no parents and everything. Because here's what you would do. Sounds pervy. Well, we had the glow in the dark hockey mask. I mean, it was a thing that you could get easily back then. Um, what we would do is it was basically tag, but not tag. You, it wasn't just like tag, you're it. You had to actually grab the person and then maybe guess who they are or whatever. But so what it was is that everybody was told to wear from head to toe black, everything black, black sweatshirt or long sleeve shirt, black pants. And the person who's it has to wear the hockey mask. You turn off all the lights in the house, you close all the windows, and you can go and anywhere. And the person with the hockey mask has to try to catch the people. So, you know, hence tag or whatever you want to call it, manhunt or whatever, shit like that. But so it would be so freaky. You're hiding in the corner of a room maybe, and the mask is just like, all you see is this floating hockey mask. And it's like looking around, and sometimes it would look right at you, but you don't know if the person can see you or not because you're all in black and it's totally blacked out. But the mask looks like it's looking at you or around you. And you, sometimes you'd be like hiding like really like in a corner, ducking down, and the person might come right over you. And then maybe you walk away and you're like trying to be super quiet. Uh, but then if they did hear you, the whole object was you had to grab the other person and guess who it was. Sort of like Marco Polo or whatever. And let me tell you, it was it got pretty crazy. Like sometimes people would stand up on furniture or like hide in a, a closet or wherever you would be to try to not get you know caught by this whoever was it. And, uh, I forgot. And that's why Florida is Florida. <laughs> All because it, of the stupid game. That sounds scary as it shit. It was, it was, but it was so much fun too. You just get like four, five, six people in the house. Everybody's blacked out, complete darkness. Like even the glow in the dark mask lets off a little bit of light, but not enough to wear. Like, like you what could, you can see, like yeah, you couldn't but see. But you yeah. couldn't see. Mm. Like literally you could possibly walk right by somebody and not know and on both ends you're just Ugh, like this is making me want, let me have to put my feet up on the couch now <laughs> it was so much fun i forgot we called it something stupid but uh we, we played it, it a bunch of times me of, with a group of um, my friends it reminds me of in the conjuring where they have yeah so i'm like because that's the other thing too the people who are hiding would either make noises or maybe you'd be again like ducking down you'd like use your leg or something and you'd like kick the person's foot and the person who's it will turn around and swing their arms and like, where are you? You know, but they can't really oh see God, you at all. We should play this in it's, the new house. It's, it's a lot of fun. Let me order a glow in the dark <laughs> hockey mask. We, uh, we had, we called it something stupid, but I, I don't remember, but it was, Man it was a lot good. of, well, Manhunt was like a different version of the where you would play outdoors, and but it wasn't so much like complete darkness. That sounds but, so, that, no, no, I don't want to play that. I think, we I think would, that's a good here's way the other thing, to get though. possessed. Here's the other thing, though. You get hurt a lot because, for example, maybe you don't know the coffee tables here and you're walking around trying to catch somebody and boom, you bash your leg into a table or a corner I think I would do that intentionally. I would, like, move furniture yeah. um, because if, if it's somebody's house, for example, they know the layout. But if you move shit, they're completely yeah, well, twisted. They don't know what the fuck most of the time when we did it, it was uh, basically when we, what we would do is look for uh, some parents going away for the weekend or a, a new somebody who moved into a brand new house who hadn't set up everything yet. 
or whatever. Or in my case, one time one of my uncles went out of the country and they left the whole house to to us, well, me to watch as a young kid. So, I mean, I must have been at least in high school at that time. But we were like, yeah, nobody's here. We're going to do it. I actually found this cool ass hiding spot in a closet where there was like one of those panels that you could push up. Oh my gosh. And so, so you were in the attic? I went up into the, I would like punch somebody and then run and go up into the top thing into the closet and they'd come in the closet like they had no idea that I'm above them now and they would get so pissed off and then leave and then I would come back down and then like push them from behind because we would get rough that's the thing like you'd go from behind the guy because you can see how are you all not serial killers right now like this is a creep like I'm getting like I literally had to put my feet up off on the couch because I don't want the kukui to get me from under the couch yeah you would do sit like that maybe crawl on your hands and knees and like grab the guy by his legs I'm gonna have nightmares tonight but then you just like jump up and run off as quick as you can because let me tell you when with the windows closed with all the lights off and everybody in all black like you can't see shit in the dark it's it's complete darkness and you're just like what the hell what did we you know it was so much fun (laughs) i think that's a good game to play but i also think that it's like for sure way to get yourself a fucking pazuzu like you're gonna get like like you're gonna get possessed we got a lot of bumps and bruises not no pazuzus you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the fucking uh, demon from exorcist, the exorcist demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it sounds really cool, but I would be terrified to play it. I don't know. I think we should do it. It's scary on both. ends. I think ends. you guys should do it. And if you do it, record it and send it to us. It's definitely scary on both ends. It's scary for the person who's hunting the other oh people. Oh my god, my heart. But it's also oh, scary for the I'm people so being scared. hunted. Okay, let's do it. Oh my gosh. Okay, uh, do it and <laughs> do it, and then we'll hashtag. Um, hashtag ice cream manhunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so fucking scary. It was the best. So there's two things we need that. to do. We need to figure out how to make the movie, and we have to figure out. Oh, and then we have to play this game. I have to order a glow in the dark cocky mask. Oh my god, I'm so scared. Yeah. And oh yeah, and and in real life, somebody leave a glow in a dark hockey mask at a campground at night and tape it. Send it to us. I'd love we'll to see the reactions. <laughs> I'd love to see the reactions. Yeah, somebody. so you can send us all of the things that we're doing wrong <laughs> and, and, and causing your possession to hello at icecreampodcast.com. That's uh, that's our email address now, right? Hello? Yes, hello at icecreampodcast.com. Oh, okay. You can also check out our website at, ice, it's um, what is it, icecreampodcast.com. Yeah. And you can go there. You can see what else is going on. You can... Check out the link to my Get Baked with Heidi uh, channel where I bake some things that are good, but some things are like, I mean, a good try. Yeah, (laughs) we'll get started on that soon. I'll get baked while she bakes. Yeah, so the Um, premise is I bake because it's my new hobby. Stefan gets baked because he does that anyway. (laughs) And I talk about serial killers because they're my heart work. You're a little crazy. But we already knew that. We already knew that. Duh. Um, Hello Um, at Ice Cream Podcast. Hello at IceCreamPodcast.com. That's pretty interesting. I can tell you that's definitely an address, email address that you came up with because it's very friendly. It's like, hello. (laughs) It's hello. (laughs) Hello, Clarice. I hurt my throat. (coughs) You're doing it wrong. Well, I mean, I'm not used to throat trauma. I date girls. Uh, that was good, right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right, so um, that's all for us today. 
Ah. Unless you want to traumatize me anymore, I'm definitely not going to sleep tonight. Well, I think that's that's a good episode right there. We can wrap it up. What's fucked up is I sleep with my blinds completely open. And literally, like, I'm just thinking about this yesterday because I, I was like, you know what? If somebody really wanted to, they can just stand on that wall next to my window and just watch me all fucking night. Like, generally speaking, like, I'll get out of the shower and then I'll go and get dressed in my bedroom. And I'm, like, completely naked. And my initial thought is, oh, the hospital next door is going to spy me. But they're, like, a whole block away. You know what I mean? But realistically, somebody can just step on that wall. And now I'm creeped out and I'm scared. I need curtains. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm all uneasy now. That's great. See, that's what it's all about right there. The scare factor. Okay. I'm going to get a glow-in-the-dark hockey mask Fuck and you. just hang it in the closet. <laughs> no. Or put it outside the window. It gets dark and it's going to be like... <laughs> and then we'll figure out if you can really dismember somebody by just pulling their limbs off. <laughs> I used to love playing like uh, pranks like that. I had one friend of mine. This is real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, a friend of mine... We used to be into watching horror movies, and I happened to, this is, um, I was, I love and I am a very, very, very big Pink Floyd fan, if you didn't know. You can see David Gilmore behind me over here. And the guitar and, above? What's that? And the guitar above? Oh, yeah, the guitar above I don't think makes it in frame, but uh, you can see my Gilmore po- uh, uh, painting back there. So, if you're a deep uh, Pink Floyd fan like myself, you know about the song called Echoes, which is from their album uh, Metal. And Echoes is like a 20-minute extravaganza, which has a very, very eerie, creepy middle section where there's these really like haunting, screaming, screechy sounds in the middle that sounds like someone screaming, basically. And what I had done is I pre-recorded the the screams onto like a a track uh, like an mp3 file or whatever and i left like i don't know 15 minutes of like empty space uh so there was no music there was no song it was just silence and then when it gets to this howling screeching sound of these screams it would i i had um this track. So what I did is I put the movie on in the living room. We're watching a movie. I cut the lights off. I made the mood really freaky. And then maybe halfway through the movie or something, I'd get up, pretend to get a drink or something. And I'd click play on the MP3 in the, in the computer. Uh And I'd turn the volume up on the computer really loud. I'd come back to the movie. And then in the middle, like Mm -mm. 20 minutes later, when somebody Mm -hmm. has no idea what I did, Mm -mm. all of a sudden you hear this. In the, in the other room and they're like what the fuck was that no 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 uh, see the thing the problem, I love the that problem is in my culture you really do get freaked out about things like yeah. that like you have La Llorona that's like one of the first stories you hear growing up and then you have things like my mother once told a story about how she was chased by the devil and you know like it's just our culture but it's I used to try to get my friends to break into this uh, boarded up house. There was a house that was boarded up and I wanted to break in there and like I wanted to smoke weed and play Ouija board in there. Nobody ever wanted to do it with me. But, yeah, because uh, they weren't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. We did have another house that eventually was like a, a nobody lived there or it was an empty house that I happened to have a long driveway into like, it was like a dirt road driveway that led back into like a woody area off the main road. 
and it was like a two-story, really creepy fucking house. And we'd go back there in the backyard and smoke when we were like 16, 17. So we didn't want to get caught by the cops. And this was like a really, it was like, I forgot what we used to call it. We called it like the Blair Witch House or something like that. <laughs> and we would bring people over there. They would get so freaked out if they'd never been there before. Like, bro, what the fuck are you taking us? <laughs> go on this long driveway and then end up in the backyard into this like, just like, crazy looking uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre looking house and then we'd sit there and light up and smoke weed and shit and like the people would get so paranoid over there like man come on let's get fucking out of here let's hurry up and go and I'd be like nah man just chill <laughs> I actually have a, a picture of me as a young kid uh, smoking and I'm in this like leather jersey that I made because I made cool leather uh, gear yeah it was a basketball jersey that I made um, out of leather yeah 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 because you're pretty awesome with yeah. leather I, it was a it was a thing that I happened as I was uh, south in the south. We were big into like a lot of south side hip hop and rap. And Master P had the No Limit jerseys, and they were made out of leather. So I was like, oh, I'll make this uh, No Limit leather jersey. And so I made one for myself. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture of me that I have as a kid where I'm like smoking a blunt and just blowing the smoke in the air. And I'm sitting in like a chair, and we're in this backyard of this house. Um, it was some creepy shit we used to do, but a lot of my friends weren't into that and they hated my ideas. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'm going to stay up. It's like, it's like yeah. two 30 in the morning Ooh, right now. It? Really? And I'm like going to drink some more coffee. <laughs> I'll right. just take a nap in the hot well, sun. I think, uh, we can end this episode on that note. What do you think? Um, can no? we like watch like oh. Aladdin or something? <laughs> Oh, I'm so, like, I don't know. Okay, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Right? Right. All right. Yep. Well, that's all for us today. I'm sufficiently creeped out. All thanks, right. yeah. asshole. <laughs> well, thanks to everybody out there uh, listening and watching, uh, subscribing, you know. Give we us love likes. love you guys. Tell a friend. And we appreciate the support. Like, yeah. Seriously, you guys Spread are awesome. Spread the word. Um, feel free to email us hello at icecreampodcast.com uh, you can also visit our website icecreampodcast.com uh, check us out on social media mm -hmm. uh, visit at icecreampodcast or something I don't know it's in the notes be on the lookout for the masks that we'll have available soon for sale no we already they're already on the site alright yeah so <laughs> so check out our site uh, for um, masks they're nice little creepy horror prints um Coming soon will be creepy aprons. I don't know. We're trying to figure out something. Don't forget to check out my channel, Get Baked with Heidi. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, DTI.band for yeah. Stefan's music. Amazing music. Check out his single, Dangerous Environment. Mm -hmm. That's www.dti.band. Yes, it is. Available wherever you stream your music. Yep. Stream it, download it, tell a friend, whatever. Buy it. Yeah. whatever <laughs> whatever uh and stay safe out there in this absolutely. crazy world absolutely yeah i'll see you guys next time later okay bye